Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, church. I'm so excited about today. I'm excited about this new year and this new series. Uh, I think to start off, I need to tell some of you, just calm down, all right? Relax. You see the treadmill come out on stage, and you think we're going to start a workout plan or something, but I'm not selling gym memberships or anything like that today. Um, We're going to be talking about making progress. I want to ask you, because you came in today, and you saw the signs that said, do not press the button. How many of you, let's just be honest, how many of you couldn't help it, you had to press the button? Put your hand up. We saw you. We saw who it was. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask this. How many of you are the good rule following people and you did not push the button? Good for you. That's so great. Now let's get to the heart of the matter. How many of you good rule following people, though you didn't press the button yourself, you talked someone else into pressing the button? Anyone? Yeah, yeah. That's out there because it's the start of a new year. And in the start of any new year, a lot of us, we have goals. We want to make changes. We want to make progress. So for all of us, we know that there are certain things in our life that we want to avoid this year. These hot button topics of saying, you know what, I want, I want to stop doing that so much. I don't want to press that button anymore. I want this year to look different than years in the past. And the truth is every one of us in this room, if we were to be honest, This is not just one or two people. This is every one of us in this room. We all have things we struggle with. We all have these things that we go, you know what, I want to make changes. I I don't want to struggle with this junk anymore. I keep going back to the same old stuff. I don't want 2018 to look like 2017. I want there to be changes. And a lot of us, we get excited about a new year and we think, I want to make some changes and I want these changes to last. And then we can get so frustrated when we feel ourselves going back to these same things we said we wouldn't do and we do them anyway. And I think one of the scary things that, that we can do in our, in our walk with God and our faith is, as Christians, a lot of times, if you hang around with Christians a lot, if you've been part of a church for a while, uh, it, you can kind of get to a place where you feel like you got to fake it if you don't have it all together. That's true, guys. I mean, Christians, we can be good at faking it sometimes because we believe, you know, I should have victory over certain areas. I shouldn't struggle with these things anymore. I should be better. So we tend to just put on a smile and act like everything's all good. And we could drive here today. Some people, you were driving here today and you were faking it. The truth is, you were cussing your kids out on the car, in the car, on the way to church today. And you tell them, you know, like, you're screaming at your kids, but then you pull them to the park and you're like, wait a minute, people know us here. We got to act like we're, we're really good church people. So put a smile on your face and stop screaming at your sister because people know us here. And you open the door and you're like, praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. It's a good, God is good today. God is good. Hey, you're just cussing at your wife a minute ago. And God is good today. We walk into the doors and people, how are you doing? You're like, God is good. Well, I know God's good. That's not what I asked. How are you doing? And every one of us, the truth is, we have struggles 
going on in the inside, and we shouldn't fake it. We shouldn't act like we have it all together. It doesn't help anyone. In fact, we see that the Apostle Paul, as he was writing to us um, in, in, to, in one of his letters, he was trying to encourage us by letting us know the struggle that he got, went through and that you and I can relate to so much. And this is what he said. He was just being raw in Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 15. He said this. He says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good, so I'm not the one doing the wrong. It's the sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I, I don't do it. And, and I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. But... If I do what I don't want to do, see, I'm not really the one doing the wrong. It's the sin living in me. Have you ever had one of these moments where you're just so frustrated with yourself saying, I want to make changes. I don't want to struggle with these things anymore. But you find yourself at your wit's end like Paul was here going, like, I don't get it. Because, like, the things I say I'm not going to do, those are the things I go back and do. The things that I say uh, I'm going to do, I end up not doing those for very long. I quit on them. He's in this moment, and he finally just gets real raw, and he says, I've discovered this principle in life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there's another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Then verse 25, thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank God the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. See, we all struggle. It's the human condition. We all have issues, but thank God there's an answer to this struggle. And thank God he is available to us. His name is Jesus so I want to encourage you today because we see that Paul here, he, he's got a struggle that so many of us would relate to. He's gone, guys, I recognize there's things in my life that I say, I'm not going to do this anymore. This is like, I know this is bad. Don't touch this. Don't mess with this. Every time I do it, it hurts me. I'm not going to do that. And then those things I focus on saying I'm not going to do, those, those are the things I do. And then I say, there's good things, things I should focus on and, and, and really put my energy into. And he says, and I and end up not even doing those things. To be honest, I, I can tell you that there's been a lot of times when I have just struggled and and talking to God and being real raw. I said, God, what is wrong with me? I'm a mess. How is it that I, I, I could stand up and teach your word, teach your principles, and I feel like I'm struggling more than any other person in the room? God, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Well, today, guys, at the beginning of this new year, since this is a time of year where so many people, we make resolutions. We say we want to make some changes. I want to start this series called Making Progress because I believe none of us want to stay stuck. We want to move forward. We want to make progress. And, and, and today I want to talk about the run plan. The run plan. Now, don't stress out because I'm not going to encourage any of you to leave here and, and go lace up your running shoes. I want to talk about a deeper spiritual truth than just the physical stuff today. So uh, would you pray with me before we dive into this today? 
Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you so much for your love. Thank you for your, your care for us and your concern for us. And I pray today as we get into your word, you would speak to us, help us uh, to understand your plan for our lives. And I pray that people in this room would be set free today, God, from the temptations and the struggles that we deal with. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you will recognize in Scripture that there is a common analogy that's given to us over and over and over again. In fact, the most frequent analogy we see in the Bible that talks to us about what it looks like to follow Christ, and that's the analogy of running. And in fact, sometimes we'll see it, uh, it talking about walking or walk with God, but many different times we're, we're being encouraged to run the race of our walk with God, to run the race. It's a race that we're running. Now you'll notice that there's a couple things uh, that we would all understand about running because this idea, this principle of walking or running, it's, it's, it's really just the idea of we all have two feet and to run or walk, it, it takes just putting one foot in front of the other and doing it over and over and over and over and over again. We would all recognize that to, to be on a running plan, it takes consistency. It takes consistency. But there's another thing we know about running and that's that running is difficult. I, I, I'm on a running plan, and I think two things. Every time I go out for a run, the first thing I think that this is fun. I like this. And then about five seconds later, I think, when will this end? Right? This is, this is painful. It's, it's not fun. Right? Run, running takes consistency. It, it, it's difficult at times. But then running also takes commitment. How many of you think that I can preach a message from a treadmill today? Yeah. Yeah, you got as much confidence in me as I got in me to finish this message on a treadmill today. But I will do my very best because it takes commitment. When, when you're running, it, it takes the commitment to say no matter what comes up and no matter as difficult as it's going to be, I'm going to stick with this because I want to get stronger. I, I want to move forward. I want to have some success here. It's interesting because when it comes to our walk with God, a lot of these same things are true. That for us to follow Jesus, for us to run this race, it takes consistency. Just putting one foot in front of the other, deciding not to stop. Sometimes it can be difficult to follow. And then it also takes a commitment. Just no matter what comes up, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to commit to following God. It's interesting because when we start our walk with God, it is so incredibly easy. In fact, there's nothing you can do in life that is any easier than receiving grace and forgiveness from God. Because Jesus did 100% of the work, and you and I did absolutely nothing. We recognize that it's Jesus who came to make a way. He came to take our sin upon himself, and he paid the penalty for our sin to trade his righteousness for us so that you and I could be forgiven and have a relationship with God. And in order to, for us to receive that, all we have to do is believe and trust him. So for us to start a relationship with God, the easiest thing in the world but for us to make progress in our walk with God, well, that's running the right race. That, that's making the commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to be consistent in this. I'm going to keep trusting him. Even when it's difficult, I'm, I'm going to stay committed to this. It reminds me of the story of a father who put his young daughter up in bed, and, and when he went downstairs, he heard this thud. She fell out of the bed. So he ran upstairs to check on her. Honey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And she was daddy. I stayed too close to where I got in. <laughs> and guys, I think that's what happens to a lot of us in our spiritual walk. Is we stay too close to where we get in. Like, we, we should have 
growth. We should move forward. You know, the Bible would refer to this as us staying with the elemental things spiritually or staying with the, the spiritual milk when we should be progressing to where we don't just have to be fed off of milk anymore, but we could eat off of the meat of the spiritual things. We sh- there should be growth in our life. And, and see, it's true in the physical sense that it's cute when a baby is one year old and they're goo goo gaga and they spit up and they pee. That's adorable, right? But when you're 30, it's disgusting, right? There, there has to be growth. So the equivalent to this would be if you've been a Christian for a long time and, and you stay too close to where you just got in. You, 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 yeah, you're forgiven, but you're, you're not growing. You're not running the race. You're not moving forward. You're not allowing him to change you and to strengthen you. Amelie and I are on a run plan. A year ago, um, she convinced me to start running with her. And uh, she said, Dan, it's going to be easy. It's going to be awesome. And I got excited. So I'm like, okay, I'll sign up for this. Let's do it together. And we put a 5K on the calendar. We're going to get ready to run a 5K. It's going to be awesome. And I remember the first time I went out running with her, I I thought I was going to die we were like just minutes into this run, a couple hundred yards into the run, and I'm trying not to puke in my neighbor's lawn, and I'm like, he's overcome. I can't do this. This is, this is ridiculous. Like, this is stupid. And, and it was so interesting because staying committed to the plan as we continued to run, what happened is I started getting stronger, and it didn't take very long. But just over the period of a couple weeks, I, I got stronger to the point to where now um, I was running, it's just a couple weeks later, I'm running past the spot that I used to puke, and, and I'm now thinking, I can't believe I was ever worn out there. I'm not even warmed up yet. And see, when it comes to our Christian walk, if we commit to following Jesus, if we decide, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to pursue what God wants for me, there are things we go through that at first we're like, this is difficult. It, it's so tough, but don't you thank God that he has strengthened you in your walk to where now you're looking back and you're going, he has brought me through, through stuff that I never thought I would be able to make it through on my own. Like, God deserves some praise for the fact that, that we are not stuck where we used to be stuck. Aren't you thankful that our God keeps moving you forward? So there's this analogy that we see in Scripture over and over again that, that our, our walk with God is like running a race. It's something we got to be committed to. It's something that we're going to grow and we're going to get stronger in. And the writer of Hebrews, I say the writer of Hebrews because we don't know who actually authored the book of Hebrews. We, we, a lot of people think it might be Paul. Other people think it's someone different. We're not sure. But it's a wonderful book where the writer here is giving us this analogy about running this race with God. And he said there's a couple things that you and I could do in order to be able to help us be successful in running this race with God. And I want to go ahead and read to you here in Hebrews chapter 12. It says this. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a, so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking on unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. 
So the author of Hebrews here, he's, he's setting the scene. He's saying, okay, when it comes to your spiritual life, I want you to imagine this scene. Imagine the Olympic foot race. Imagine that you and I are about to run, and we're going to try to see who can make it to the finish line, who can win. We're going to run this thing hard. He's saying, if you want to be successful, there are some principles that are very simple for, that we would all understand when it comes to running, but it's true about your spiritual life as well. He says there's two things we need to lay aside. Two things to lay aside in this run, uh, this race that we're running. He says, first, lay aside the weights that get in the way, and then second, the sin that so easily entangles. Lay aside the weights that get in the way. He says, let us lay aside every weight. See, when you're running, every ounce matters. That's why running clothes look so much like lingerie now, right? I have the treadmill up here, so I was thinking about wearing some uh, running shorts up here, but you don't need that, and I don't either. So, like, that's a visual image you can't unsee. So, you're welcome. I'm wearing jeans, okay? But we recognize, and what runners will do when it comes to a marathon or, or any big race they're involved in, they will say, you know what? Every ounce I carry is going to slow me down. It's going to hinder me over time, so I'm not taking it with me. I don't need to take sleeves with me. I'm not taking pant legs with me, right? Because it all, over time, starts to weigh you down. Well, for me to be honest, it's been a very long time since I've been in an actual race. I think I was in middle school last time I was in track and field. Um, so I can't really con make a connection too much to racing. But what I can connect with where I understand this principle is the fact that I love backpacking. I'm a backwoods hunter and fisherman, and one of the things I look forward to doing every summer is going up into the mountains with all of my hunting gear. Now, I bought this pack here uh, before I started doing some of these trips that go, where I'm going way back into the mountains. In the last couple of years, a friend Daniel and I, we've been going up on top of a range, and uh, it's been a lot of work, but I remember when I first bought the pack and I, and I packed it full of all of my gear, this pack, which I was going to take like seven miles in and 4,000 feet up in elevation, I, I packed it with all my stuff and weighed it. It was over 70 pounds, 70 pounds. I realized, like, let's be honest, I can't make it up the mountain without any weight. What am I trying to do with 70 pounds here? So I realized there's certain things that I had to shed off if I wanted to be able to get where I was trying to go. So I looked in my pack and I thought, you know what? Maybe there's some of this stuff that should be left at home, <laughs> right? Like, and this is what's interesting about weight is the writer differentiates the difference between the weight that gets in the way and the sin that so easily entangles. He's not saying that the weight that you and I have to lay aside is a bad thing. It's not sin. It's not a bad thing. It, the weight can be a good thing. There's no, like I, I like to eat. That's a good thing, right? I, I like my I like my ten pound skillet. But the truth is, there are certain things that'll weigh me down that that could get in the way for me to be able to ultimately get where I'm trying to go. So weights are not necessarily a bad thing. It's just is it getting in the way of the ultimate thing? Is it stopping me from being able to pursue God the way that, that I, I, I want to pursue him, to be able to run this race with endurance, to be able to have some success? So I realize there are certain things I might need to leave at home if I want to be successful here. It's not bad, but I'm, I'm, going, to leave, I'm going to leave my skillet at home. I, I, I brought some other things that I think a lot of us would understand and relate to when it comes to the weights that we carry in our lives. And I wrote these. The, the first one here is just stuff. We, we all have 
stuff, too much stuff. Isn't this surprising how much stuff can start to weigh you down? We just had one, like our first snow of the season. I wonder how many of you, your cars were parked outside in the driveway and got snowed on because you have so much stuff in your garage, you can't park your car in the garage, right? It's crazy where we get all this stuff in, and there's nothing wrong with stuff. I mean, I love the boat. The boat's a wonderful thing, but now that I have the boat, I've got to get the boat serviced, and I've got to winterize the boat so I can cover the boat and get the boat ready um, so I can store it. And then after that, I've got to get it uh, uncovered and serviced again so I can get it back out on the lake. And it's like now all these things I have, it's like there's nothing wrong with it, but now there's a lot of weight that comes with it too. We can, we can have too much stuff sometimes. Another thing I wrote down here, is work. You ever feel like work just weighs you down? And of course, work's not a bad thing. We all need jobs. We all need income. But maybe it's not the work that's so bad, but the way that we go about it. Do you ever find yourself wishing, like you're home doing your work at home and wishing, man, why was I on the computer every chance I had? Why was I on Instagram or Facebook when I could have been getting this stuff done? And now the things that you should have done at the office, you're doing at home. And now the things that you should be doing at home, you're now bringing to the office because you're not getting it done. It's like if we don't handle it right, now the, even the job that we have can be something can start, that can start to weigh us down. Uh, another one I got here is financial. Financial, man, debt is heavy. Debt can weigh you down. The way we handle our finances can affect it, how far you make it. It can affect how, how successful you are in life. That's why um, we're starting this new Financial Peace University class right now because there's so many of us that say, you know what, I don't want 2018 to be as heavy and as stressful as 2017 was, so I want to take the financial weight that I put myself in because it didn't seem like a bad idea when I put it on the credit card at first. You know, it didn't seem like a bad idea when I got the loan, but now paying, paying the bill every month, it's like, man, that is heavy stuff. I don't want to carry that so much anymore. Another thing that weighs us down is our schedule. Man, do you ever feel weighed down by your schedule? You ever think, man, who agreed to do all of this junk, right? Who said yes to this? Like, it didn't seem like a bad idea, and everyone point their finger at you. No, you agreed. It's your schedule. You're the one that said yes to this. It, like, it didn't seem like a bad idea at the time, but now I've got something going on every night of the week, and, and I've got stuff going on uh, during my lunches, and before I pick the kids up from school, and after I pick up the kids from school, it's like there's so much going on in your schedule. Kind of related to that, I've got another one in here that says tech, technology. Man, the technology we have in our life is supposed to be something that, that creates convenience for us, but for so many of us, it weighs us down. I was shocked when I heard this, but studies have come out to show us that the average American will spend 49 hours a week on their mobile devices and on TV. 49 hours a week. I think, how, how often do I sit down with my friends and, and the same conversation comes up where we say things like, man, I just wish there was more hours in the day. If I just had another day to work this week, if I just had more time. And then we're going, wait a minute, 49 hours, that's two days. If I had two more days, I could accomplish so much. It's like, why do I carry all of this weight with me? Am I managing the weight that I have on my life right? And it's like, you, you realize, I, this, is, this is not necessarily bad stuff, but it's, it's not helping me. It's not hindering me, but it's, it's not helping me either. So we got to take a look here because the writer of Hebrews is saying, like, you're in a race. So you got to take the weight, the extra weight that you have on you, and you got to lay it aside. Now, don't get me wrong. 
I'm not saying you need to go quit your job. I'm not saying you need to go throw your phone away. I'm not saying you got to go sell all your stuff because, again, remember, um, the things that weigh us down, they're not sin. They're not a bad thing. They're good things, but if, if they're getting in the way of the ultimate thing, then maybe it's something that we need to look at and, and prioritize and say, okay, is this really something that I need in my life? Because if the goal is for me to run a race and be successful in the race, then I've got to be able to carry this stuff and carry it for a long distance and, and be successful in the way I carry it. So we, we get back on this race and we say, okay, uh, I, I'm, I want to move forward. I want to be successful with God. And, and we start walking in this race and realize, you know what? I've got a lot of things weighing me down. And the writer of Hebrews says that maybe you need to lay aside the weight, but then he gives us a second thing. He says, and then you need to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us, or so easily entangles us. It's interesting because this word in the Greek that is entangled or ensnare, it, it can literally be translated to something that would wrap around your feet and trip you up. Something that would wrap around your ankles and trip you up. So imagine it's 2,000 years ago, and you're a Christian, you're hearing this writing um, from the author of Hebrews, and he's trying to get you to think of this setting of a race, and he says, now don't have anything that's going to wrap around your feet and trip you up. What would every Christian person hearing that immediately think of at that time? If you were to say toga, you would be correct. <laughs> Because unlike the lingerie that people run in today, uh, the normal clothing for the day that everyone would have recognized would have been something that would have been big and bulky and something that you would wrap around your body. And he's saying the sin in your life would be something that would wrap around your angles and threaten to trip you up. I didn't think I would ever wear a dress on stage, but here we are. It's, it's fitting, right? It gives a nice hourglass figure. It's beautiful. <laughs> in the first service, I said, I don't think I'd ever wear a dress on stage. And I heard someone say, well, where do you wear a dress? Um, yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but here's the difference. Like, the writer is saying, okay, there are weights we have in our life. And see, a weight can hinder you. A weight can, can slow you down. It can hurt your progress. But, but sin... It won't just hinder you. It has the ability to actually wrap around your feet and trip you up. It has the ability to knock you over. To, to, I was knocked over right there. It has the ability to take you out. And that's why this is something for us to take so seriously here is because like, you can get through some things where, yeah, it's more difficult carrying that, but, but this can actually take me out. We've all seen videos of people uh, who have tripped and fallen doing something. I can remember when Kayla was like two years old, my youngest daughter, she got up underneath my feet as I was walking through the living room one day into the kitchen, and we have a sautille tile floor in our kitchen, and as she got underneath me, so I didn't want to crush her, I kind of had to roll over the top of her she she tangled up my feet and I jumped and I landed on my shoulders and, and I just remember laying there with like stars in my eyes because I hit the ground so hard and, and I remember my shoulders hurt for like years to come my left my left shoulder's been clicking ever since and, and the thing is we don't need too many examples on this because we all know the danger of when a body in motion comes tumbling to the ground and see sin um, it didn't come to play nice. Sin comes to choke you out. Sin comes to tangle you up. 
And, and the author is saying, like, you got to look at the sin in your life as not just something that's it's not a good thing, but it's something that can actually knock you out of the race. It's something that can actually trip you up and hurt you. And, and here, the writer of Hebrews is saying, okay, this is what you got to understand, guys. If we're agreeing that this is a race and we're going to run this race, then, then let's get ready to run it. And no one is going to show up at the starting line of a race with their extra bag of junk in their toga and say, okay, you ready? for this coach we got it we got it he's saying this is not the way to win win a winter race I need to take a break and drink some water give me just a moment I'm multitasking right now he's saying this is not the way to be successful in life because that extra weight you're carrying it's gonna it's gonna dog you out it's gonna get you to a point to where you don't feel like you can keep moving on that sin you got if it wraps around you, it can knock you over, it can injure you, it can hurt you. And he said, maybe for you and I to have success in our lives, we need to start taking some of this stuff off. We need to start shedding it off. And the plan would be, then the writer of Hebrews is saying, okay, you want to be successful, then lay aside weight and lay aside the sin that entangles. So he's saying, you got you to get rid of things. The answer is subtraction. The answer is decrease, okay, because so many of us, we get this so wrong. Our culture is all about what can I do now? I need to add something. If I just add something, that's going to be the answer to my problems. So we think, you know what? I've been struggling for so long. If I could just read another book, that's going to be the answer I need. If I could just hear another podcast, that'll be what I need. If I could just get in for the right counseling appointment with the right people at the right time, that's going to be what I need. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, it might not be that you need to add anything else. Maybe what you need to do, since you are in a race right now is you need to start taking some of the weight off of yourself. You need to start shedding this off. You got to take the things that, yeah, they're good things, but it's just too much right now. It can't, it can't go with you where you're trying to go. It, it, it's, it's got to be laid aside so you can get where you're trying to go. And then you got to take the sin and you got to take it off because it's not worth tripping and falling. It's not worth getting hurt again. You got to lay all of this aside. The writer of Hebrews is saying, if you want to be successful, then lay it aside. And I think so many of us, we've gotten to this point in our mind where, you know what, you're right. I need to get rid of the stuff. But this is where so many of us get so incredibly frustrated. And we get down on ourselves when it comes to our walk with God because we're like, I want to make progress. I want to do better. I want to get rid of this stuff. So we say, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop doing those things. I'm going to stop sinning. This year, I'm going to stop going back to this hot button issue, this addiction and I'm going to stop pushing that button because every time I push the button, it causes me pain. It causes people around me pain. It's, it's, it's annoying. I don't want to deal with this anymore. So my goal for the year is, is I'm not going to push this button. And we go into the next year and, and we sit down at the table with our, our issues and we say, okay, that's the plan. Not going to do that. Not going to touch the button. I mean, I don't think anyone's around. I've touched the button before. I mean, was it that big of a deal? You know, but, but no, I've agreed. I'm not going to touch the button. And, and really, I've been told, I've, I've even seen it written out before, I probably shouldn't touch that button, so I'm not going to touch this button. And it becomes the focus of our life. And then people would ask you, 
What are your goals this year? What's your plan this year? And you might have, of course, your cliche things. You say, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to get in better shape, blah, 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 blah. But really on the inside, what you know your goal is, is my goal this year is I'm not going to touch that. I don't want to push it again. Every time I push it, I get hurt. Someone else gets hurt. So that's what I'm not going to do. Don't do it. Don't, don't do that. Don't stare at that. Don't focus on that. And we spend our life that God says should be focused on running the race with him, sitting here at the table with our temptations and our sins, focused on it, saying, not again, not again. I don't want to do that again. And see, Paul recognizes that this is not just an issue he deals with, but this is an issue every human being deals with. So he says, guys, you got to change your focus. I've tried this where, where I decide I'm not going to do these things anymore, and it's those very things I do. I decide I'm going to do good stuff, and I don't do those things. He said, that, that never works. It can't be the focus of don't do that. He said, he said the focus has got to change to understanding. Your focus has got to be on Jesus. Not on that sitting. It's got to be on Jesus. He, he says it this way. He says, this will never work. He explains it here in... in uh, wrong page, here in Colossians, no, Romans 8. It says, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on what the flesh desires. So he's saying, people who are sitting here focusing about what the flesh desires, he's saying, that's a way to live your life according to the flesh, to not be successful, to to not let your spirit lead, to just go back to the same stuff over and over again. If your mind is focused on what not to do, don't push the button, don't do it again. He said, you're living your life in the flesh. But then he goes on and says, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. He's saying, you got to you got to change your focus. It can't be about this. He says it this way in Colossians 3. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Set your mind on things above. What's he saying? He said, set your mind on, on the goal, on the fact that it's all about intimacy with Jesus, that Jesus already did the work. Are you setting your mind on getting more intimate with him and closer to him and running the race with him? And what is it that God wants to do? Or are you just setting your mind down here on these lowly things? These lowly things. See, I remember um, my, my nephew Eli, when he was like five or six years old, he came over to my parents' house and that grandma and pop-pop's house. Grandkids don't have any rules. It really frustrates me because I'm 36 and I go to their house, I still have rules. <laughs> what is up with that? But he came over to the house and there was no rules and they had a cookie jar out on the table and it's like, just eat it up, have, all, have fun all you want. And over a period of time, he was in there eating cookies for a while and playing and then eating more cookies and then playing, eating more cookies. Finally, he's laying on the couch and he's like, oh, I'm hurting, I'm hurting. And, and Grandma's like, what's wrong, Eli? He's like, I've been eating cookies. She goes in there and looks and like two thirds of the package of Oreos is completely gone. He's like five years old. And she's like, how about, since it's making you sick, stop doing that? But she didn't take the cookies away. They stayed out there on the counter. So I remember when Eli left the room for a while, he's playing back in the kitchen again with his toys. And he came back in a little bit later, and he had tears just streaming down his face, crying. And I just crying. You're like, Eli, what's wrong? He goes, I keep eating cookies. And I think the encouragement that we get from the writer of Hebrews, the encouragement we get from Paul, what 
what we see in all of the gospel message of Jesus Christ is, is God is showing us the focus is never supposed to be about what you can't do. This focus is not supposed to be about don't do that, don't touch that. Uh, you know, just deprive yourself, deprive, no, no, no. Because as long as I'm here focusing on this, I'm not running the race that he's called me into. When I climbed to the top of the mountain range that my buddy and I planned on doing for a whole year, I, I remember that not one single time as I was getting ready for the trip did I have to think, okay, Dan, note to self, don't wear a toga tomorrow, <laughs> right? Didn't have to do it. I, I didn't have to think, like, l- like, make sure your shoes are tied so that you don't trip on them. No, because my focus was such that I want to get to this goal. I, I, I want to move forward. I want to have progress. I want to be successful. And these things, like, like the sin that, that so easily entangles me, the, the extra weight in my life, that's just got to go because it just gets in the way of, of what my God would have for me. And the truth is, church, is your God has so much for you. Jesus wants so much for you. He wants to bless you. And, and so many of you, you've been in this pattern of just living your life focused on, on earthly things, focused on what the flesh desires. Don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And God wants to free you from that this year. He wants to free you and get you to a place where he's saying, just come with me. Every one of us that our parents can remember what it's like to teach your kids how to walk. When you first teach your kids how to walk, it's a fun thing because you don't reason with the child on how to walk. You don't give them all the details. I I remember I did not sit down with either of my daughters when they were very young and and give them the speech like, listen, um, we're about to walk, so you need to pay real close attention because if you step on your shoelaces and fall, it could hurt. If you bump into the table, it could hurt. So what you're going to need to do is really focus on your surroundings, what's going on around you. And then once you got that ready, then I'm going to have you take all of your weight and put it up on your right foot. And once you get your weight up on your right foot, you're ready to move your left foot forward then. And then then I want you to shift all the weight from your right to your left foot. And I want you to do that over and over again. Okay, you got it, now go for it. No one does that. The way you teach a child to walk, I remember getting down in front of my little girls and they're leaning up against the couch and I get like one step away from them and I I hold my hands out and I say, Daddy's right here, just come to me. Just come to me, sweet girl. Right here, I got you, just come to me. And she looks scared, so I start to bribe her. I'm like, I got some candy. (laughs) Mom ain't looking, I got chocolate cookies if you make it all the way to me right now. Come on, come on, girl, you got this, come on. And, and I remember that both of them did the same thing where they'd like kind of, they're holding on to the couch, they're holding on, and then finally they decide, I'm gonna lean towards daddy, and they kind of fall into me. And what do I do? I pick her up, you did it, you did it, you walked all the way to daddy, it was awesome, congratulations, you walk, girl, you got that thing, that's awesome, let's do it again. And I put her down and take another step back and say, Come to daddy. I got you. More cookies where that came from. Come on. Right this way. And before you know it, she takes a step. And she takes two. And she takes three. And then I'm picking her up and I'm going, look how far you came. You got this, girl. You got this. The strategy was not about how she steps on one foot or the other, or dodging stuff. It was never about that. It was about going to daddy. I got a hunch that that's exactly what it looks like to walk in faith. That when you stop worrying about the things that, like, man, that could trip me up, that could hurt, it'd be heavy, I don't want to touch that button again, I'm not supposed to do that, there could be consequences with that. All the while, God's saying, no, 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 just come to me. 
Just come to me. Make your focus on me. Your focus shouldn't be on sin and on the world. Just make your focus on me. It's always about Jesus. It's always about him. He's saying, just come to me. And, and we kind of we, we kind of trip and we lean into him and we fall. And, and he catches us and he picks us up and he's like, you did it. You got it, son. You're making, you're running through this race. You got this. Let me set you down. Let's try it again. And he takes another step back. He says, come to me. Come to me. And soon enough, we're, we're taking steps and we're making it forward and we're going towards our God who loves us so much. And people start going, how did you do that? How did you come all this way? How did you have this success? Where, where, where do you get the success? How, how, how did you get through that in your marriage and not lose your marriage? How did you come through that and not be depressed? How are you healthy right now? And people wanna know what was your strategy? Those of us that have experienced that would say, strategy, I, I was just focused on Jesus. I was just trying to hold on to him. I was just going towards him. I kept, I kept my eye on Jesus and I would trip and fall and he'd catch me and set me back up again and we did it over and over again. And sure enough, you're right, I, I've come quite a way and it's all because of Jesus. I wanna ask you, church, would you stand to your feet with me before we go today? I get a sense that in this room, there's a lot of us that we feel like we've been in this cycle of wanting to be successful, wanting to make changes. And, and since our focus has been wrong by our own human strength, we fail over and over and over again. And it's, it's, it's frustrating, it's devastating. It, it'll break you down. And Jesus like, listen, set your mind on things above. Just come to me. You realize the command in scripture from Jesus over and over and over again? He never tells people, you gotta go live a perfect life. You gotta make everything. No, he says, just follow me. Follow me. Follow me. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I wanna pray a prayer right now because I, I believe there's some of you in this room that you've never decided to follow Jesus. And this first Sunday of the new year in 2018, uh, you could change your strategy and instead of trying to work everything out on your own, you could lean into the God who can just fix it for you. And I want to encourage you right now, we're going to pray a prayer, and this prayer is just going to be a confession of, God, I, I'm a sinner, I can't do it on my own, and I need you to be the Lord of my life. I need you to be my focus. And this is a prayer we call the salvation prayer, because we're saying, you know what, I want to put my trust in you and believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and raised again so I could have a home forever in heaven. And in doing so, he guarantees that we have a relationship with him for eternity in heaven. So I wanna pray and ask every person in this room to repeat this prayer with me right now. No one, no one left out, so no one feels left out. And let's do this. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I can't fix me. I need you. Please forgive me of my sins and give me a home forever in heaven. I believe you died for me and I believe you rose again. So please be my savior and help me now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I wanna encourage you before you leave today to tell someone that you've committed to follow Jesus. Um, this is, it's like a wedding ceremony. It's the beginning of you walking out a life with a God who loves you so much. Now I wanna pray over our entire church before we leave here today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the people in this room. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that, 
that you don't leave us alone, but, but you want us to be successful. You want us to have victory and that Jesus, you are the answer. And we confess that over our own lives right now. We recognize that, that the problem, the messed up me, the answer to that is that Jesus Christ is my Lord. So thank you, God, for your love for each and every one of us. Help us, help us to make progress and make changes this year in 2018. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I love you, church. See you next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord and confess that you are my savior, that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven with you. And God, I ask you this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, or if you need additional prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week.